On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Good times. I'm Heather Mack. I'm Mike Dunn. And oh yeah, baby. Soft claps for everyone. Actually, that sounded, um, that clap was too authentic, to be honest. That was like a, that was made by a real human hand. Right. We got to run it through a compressor, uh, a couple compressors. A <laughs> couple compressors, because that's what punk is. And we are, of course, talking about uh, Green Day, the latest album, 2020's Father of All Sorry. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> we can't say it in polite company. Uh, the father of all motherfuckers, but they weren't even motherfucking bold enough to actually fucking finish the goddamn sentence. Um, and that should tell you really everything you need to know about this album. We have talked about it on the show before in our worst of 2020 episode. And honestly, uh, we did decide that I guess maybe somewhat inspired by our episode, uh, recent episode with Kira on the weirdness that, you know, sometimes you need to take aim at your heroes, at your most venerated, you know, uh, childhood heroes, even if it hurts, even if it sucks, even if you'd rather just pretend it doesn't exist like the zombie Simpsons, you know, those 20 seasons after the good seasons um, that I would just like to pretend aren't real. But unfortunately... They are, and this album is, and so we got to talk about it. And with us to uh, to dig in, our uh, fellow, uh, I don't fellow, I don't know, our <laughs> fellow, our fellow, just our fellow, just straight up, <laughs> our fellow, our dear dear friend, uh, friend of the pod, recurring uh, guest, and uh, also fellow Green Day fan, I guess is what I was looking for. You know, there you go, corn, you know, we corn found the fed. Suckling the teat of uh, Billy Joe Armstrong since uh, his youth. <laughs> ben Stein is here. Hey, very happy to be back. It's I was going to say, I, um, I don't think, so I, you know, I, I like Green Day. There, I, I don't think that I'm necessarily, like, Dookie's not the foundational text for me that, like, I know it is for many other folks, but. You mean us? Um, yeah. <laughs> me I, 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 I do love Dookie, and that's, like, probably the one album other than like warning weirdly that I have like a relationship with, yeah. but, um, no, they're not, they're not like my venerated heroes or anything. I wouldn't say you weren't suckling at, I was, I was not, teeth. I was, I, I was never suckling at the teeth. <laughs> I think we just assumed cause you, cause you're yeah. like a ska pop punk head. Uh, we, th- I, 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 we assumed wrongly that you care about green day. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I, I, I know green day and I, I like green day. They're not. They're no Op Ivy for me. They're no. They're no like you know. They're not like a foundational band in that same way. Sure. Well, for me and Heather, they were. 
yeah, I think I've probably talked about it before, but it was my first cassette tape ever in third grade was uh, Insomniac. Uh, short, got got Dookie shortly thereafter. Um, you know, followed them all the way up to American Idiot. Loved every album. You know, Warning was okay. Uh, and then sort of eventually started just cringing at American Idiot. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it, it yeah. lost its its hold on me. You woke uh, se- September ended for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we were at UMass together and American Idiot came out, and you and I were confounded by it, and you were telling me my brother Alex loves this album mm. and I don't get it. Like I, yeah. you know, I respect his music taste, but for some reason it just, I think that's where some micro generational divide must've happened. Some, some cleave. There it was the Armin Tasmarian or whatever. It, episode definitely of- spo- it definitely spoke to a demographic. It did. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. And I, it came out actually my senior year of high school. That's when I, I got it, uh, that Christmas, Christmas, 2005. Um, no, two thousand Christmas two thousand four, um, mm-hmm. and I um, I kind of liked it. You know, I liked the radio singles. I was excited to get it. I liked um, Holiday and fucking American Idiot. You know that those are kind of classic sounding Green Day songs. Yeah. Um, but over time, I really the the uh, theater kid aspects of the album just started grading on me, and it's like who theater actually- kid in his first poli sci class. Yeah. And it's like, I don't actually want to listen to a 10 minute, like, prog pop punk, uh, no. you know, uh, like, opus. Uh, Unless song. it's My Chemical Romance. I'll listen to the radio singles, but I, I can't. And then Boulevard of Broken Dreams got so overplayed. But yeah, my brother's generation, the like five years slightly younger than us, early 90s kids, uh, really, really saw, like, that album really spoke to them. That was their dookie, I feel like. And you still see teens today wearing, like, American Idiot sweatshirts and stuff. Yeah. Like, that, it's still pretty relevant for yeah. everyone but us. So that era of Green Day, you know, that was kind of my departure point. But they didn't, the, the music they kept making, like, through 20, 21st century breakdown and revolution radio and Uno Dos Trey. Mm. Uh, it was easy to ignore, but it didn't offend me like this album does. Like, this is such a, um, this one really, it, it, it feels so much more wrong than what was leading up to it. What is this Uno Dos Trey? I don't, I, didn't, I don't even, I think this totally just skipped me. I have no idea what this is. I was looking at their discography this morning and I did not know about this. Yeah, I mean, not, none of us do for the for exactly the same <laughs> what, reason. It, I mean, what, is it one album? It all came it's out an album. It's three albums. Ugh. What the hell? It's three is albums this that thing? were released at the same time. I don't. Mm-mm. It missed me. Yeah, and for the best. All I know about Uno Dos Trey is I listened to the few, first few tracks on Uno and decided that all three albums weren't for me. And just it's just kind of crazy alone. to me that I think my biggest takeaway from this experience of this album is just how and listening to dookie again this morning which really kind of put this into context for me is these guys were kind of clever in the beginning how how do they get less clever and less smart over the years like it just it's like the titles of these tracks are so dumb and and it's just the lyric it's just so stupid it's so not clever and they used to be kind of you know irreverent and funny yeah, I mean, they used to be speaking about their experience. It's what we call the Eminem effect. I'm just calling it here, right? It's like when you make your entire, when you stake your claim as like an artist on being an outsider, on being like kind of a fuck up, on being, 
you know, a weirdo and like having, you know, indulging your bassist instincts and just like Longview, uh, which is one of my favorite. I mean, honestly, every single song on that album is perfect. It's a perfect album beginning to end. Um, like f critical foundational text of my childhood as well. I was just a little too young to go with my dad to the Dookie concert. Like I was literally right on the cusp. And I remember, I think my mom was like, nope. And my dad went to UMass Amherst and saw, um, saw the Dookie show. But anyway, um, so uh, those songs were naughty and punk and silly and it kind of like um, Blink-182 in their early days, but like uh, uh, just a little bit smarter, like you said, a little bit more, um, you know, uh, I don't know, like these universal like teenage themes. But um, the point I was making about Eminem is that when you like, you know, po position yourself as an outsider, you position yourself as somebody who's like designed to like shock and, you know, uh, free people out. Um, and then you get accepted by mainstream society, right? Like in the like the eight mile or the American idiot, um, then, you know, then you're celebrated and it's like, oh, wow, the, te you know, the voice of a generation. Um, and then you have to continue uh, your career. Um, it's really hard to do that. And these people have failed. Like it's the same kind of thing. And just also kind of like the Simpsons, right? Like Br Brittany and I were actually drawing, uh, parallels also with Weezer and like the Weezer, longevity for of sure. Weezer's, Weezer's career. And this album kind of has that same missing the mark, uh, vibe as some of these later, later era Weezer albums where, um, you, you also don't need to have you don't need to have a career that spans three generations. You don't. Like just right. stop. And I know this is like a theme of the show. Like just stop. You've done enough. Um, but like it, it is kind of similar a similar trajectory in that sense where they kind of just keep trying to shift their sound. Like this is basically like a garage rock revival album in some weird way. Oh, it's, I would say this is happened yeah, in this fucking is a 2002. Rock revival revival revival. Revival revival, revival. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is some of these songs like there's literally a song that is hate to say I told you so. I know. It's, it's right. like, they have a song that's like the hives. Yeah, and then they have the like, jet song. Yeah. The yeah, hot, yeah, hot yeah, heat. black keys. Oh, big. Uh, and they do have some Weezer sounding guitar solos on here too. Yeah. Well, here's all right. So the Weezer comparison, I think, is apt. I mean, not even just because they were about to go on tour together. Be before, oh, really? Uh, yeah. The super that makes a lot of sense. Super the hella mega. Hella that, mega. Makes a lot, that makes a lot. Of, you know, good for them. Good Man, for it them. was gonna be Weezer, Green Day, and Fallout Boy, and I was gonna go. I was and gonna go we, see him at Fenway I was Park. gonna go too. We all. All right. I love well, that. Twenty twenty one, guys. Uh, look, well, we're, we're all washed. Like we have no excuses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are gonna that eat sounds it. Sounds like up. a great show. Well, we're we're saying it here right now. We will go to this show, Stoppies, we, we and we'll, we'll do it as journalists. We'll go in on the oh, inside. Oh, you should. And we'll... You should do a, a record, like a yeah, like a no. We're gonna recording. go and fucking get super stoned and drunk and have a blast. We're gonna have an amazing time. It, we're un unironically going to love it. Yeah. But go on. Um, but so I think. Yeah, so they're in similar positions. You know, they both sort of blew up around the same time, and they've been struggling for relevancy for a similar period of time. Weezer, though, I feel like Rivers Cuomo is driven uh, by this weird desire to wear all these different pop hats and, like, try on different pop hats of, like, oh, now I'm going to try to do, like, you know, pop hip-hop. And now I'm going to – the new shit is, like, oh, now I'm going to do, like, acoustic pop. Um, but it all he he doesn't realize that no matter what he does, it's all gonna he everything he does fits into this narrow box that really only kind of works if you're doing pop punk, 
Uh, yeah. And by refusing to do pop punk, you know, they get middling results. This album, I think, is a little bit more insidious because I think Green Day knows exactly what they're doing making this exactly. album. I don't think they're trying for anything other than to make an album that will be full of songs that will be played at hockey games because they have a partnership with the NHL. They get paid by the NHL and they made this album for the NHL. That is my theory. That's what I'm saying. That's why it sounds like this. Well, that's why they have that Gary Glitter fucking sample too. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my God. You've cracked the code, Michael. I the because pieces that are is, falling into place. That was my entire fucking thing when we were talking about this for the worst of the year and just talking about it for this episode. I was like, who is this for? Who is this for? You know, you don't need to do this on any level. Like, is does somebody like owe money? Did you lose a bet? Like, what is happening? Because not even record companies are like, we need a new Green Day album. That'll shake up the Zoomers. You know, they're really going to love this fucking, you know, early, like, 2000s Gossip this Girl is, this fucking might be soundtrack. The, this might be the most highly compressed album I've heard in, like, forever. It's It sounds it's like it's being compressed, compressed, compressed. It's like the drums don't sound like, like drums real. at all. They're it's not so even... weird. Billy Joe Armstrong is not on this record. That is a fucking that's that's a disembodied fucking like corpse that's been like reanimated just to like, you know, like shout fucking, you know, cage the elephant lyrics into a a broken amp. Like, I don't understand like how the falsetto, the. Yeah, who's doing Is that him doing that? Yeah, it's supposedly supposedly. Supposedly, it's him, but you know, I don't hear any Green Day on this album at all. Um, it's such a facsimile of its former self, and I think you're right that it is more sinister than you might think initially, right? The the hockey, the hockey. That's, that's too grasp doing those backup vocals. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I don't know why I think his voice sounds like that. That would be funny if that's what he sounded like with that voice. No, he has actually, he has a very high-pitched voice, I think. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it is him. Um, that's a really interesting point because I was trying to figure this out because this album is 26 minutes, which I will say already, stoppies, it's going to factor into the rating, the fact that it is so short, thank God. Um, the, the songs are extremely short. The album overall, 26 minutes long. Um, and, uh, so... Like, part of me is like, well, none of these fucking ideas are fully formed. None of the songs are real. Like, nobody on this album is seems committed to it at all. Why even make the album? Why make the album? Why do it? But I guess it's for the, the NHL. <laughs> yeah. It's all for ad revenue. You know, they. I think they got put in a weird position because Green Day was not really ever a an overtly political band throughout the first decade or so of decade and a half of their career you know it was they were a band about uh you know being uh methed out you know young burnouts you know right it was all about like gen x ennui um but you know they felt so pissed off at george w bush uh, and his dang Iraq war, they they had they they were like we're we're gonna get political, we're gonna do this, and that album was such a success, American Idiot, that then they were like, okay, now we have to pivot and be like a political band that does like uh, arena rock and anth- anthems. <laughs> 
Um, and now yeah. eventually people soured on that too. Like that whole approach was no longer profitable. Well, it's very ham-fisted, right? I mean, it ends up being corny after a while. Like what we notice, you know, what you notice re-listening to American Idiot, right? right? Like it becomes treacly. It becomes like a cliche of itself, right? It's you're no against me, right? Right. <laughs> Let you're no anti-flag. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad to say about Green Day. Green Day should be right. more than an anti-flag. Fuck anti-flag. I don't know, man. Anti-flag sucks. I love anti-flag. What? Anti-flag sucks. All right, let's do an episode. Fletcher Drag. No. What? I don't know that song. No, that's one of the guys in anti-flag. No. Oh wait, no, that's Pennywise. Pennywise sucks too. They're all the. They're all the same band. They're all the same band. What are you talking about? Anti-flag is great. No. Um. Die for your government, man. Come on. To quote someone from the again. They had a much. Oh, go ahead. To quote a dude that they interviewed for the Against Me DVD from like 2004. They're going on tour with the anti-flag. Anti-flag. They're like my worst enemies. (laughs) (laughs) I went to that show. I went to that tour. It was amazing. The the, the Rock Against against Bush volume one and volume two the other day. Oh, Oh, yeah. Does does not hold up. All these bands are. It's all the the bands that were were on Warped Tour for four years together. You know. Well, no effects did that whole the war, the war on errorism album too, where they decided well, they were. Well, fat, well, fat, fat Mike, you know, organized the whole project or whatever. But you know, these that you're the political ambitions of these of these like shitty punk rockers does not hold up. They are not relevant or valid anymore. I learned about Mumia Bujamal from Anti Flag. <laughs> Well, me and Ben had already learned about him from Rage Against the Machine, so we were uh, one step ahead. Oh, yeah, of that's a good point. I think um, you, you make point. a good point, though, Mike Dunn, about um, you know they they kind of hit this high watermark with American Idiot, and then are almost forced to pivot in this in this direction that does not suit their sound. So now you have these like really tinny, weird, like minim- like you know, still pretty simple songs, but oh, they just get more and more overproduced until you get this. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is I think they're you know I mean I know their intention was to to sell songs to the NHL but I think also their intention was to try in some way to return to their roots by doing short songs with like simple riffs um but I feel like they've been so like away from that for so long that like this is this is the closest they could come to you know their roots is like is like being a fucking hot hot heat cover band. Is like being I don't a, like just the background of like a Coles commercial. That's <sighs> terrible, dude. It's really awful. And yeah, I mean, Ben, you were kind of kind to it. You said you you might be nice to it. We'll I'm find just, out. Listen, I'm, uh, I'm we'll hungry see. for Garage Rock revival. Like I, you know, Brittany and I have been reading uh, the Meet Me in the Bathroom book, and like you know, and so it's like I. If only if the execution was better, if it was like produced better. And I don't know. I, I don't hate the idea of Green Day doing this type of an album. It just it did not come together well at all. I got to say, I understand the desire to return to the Naughty Yachties, uh a simpler time. Uh, but I will say there is a, another album that made our worst of 2020, the new Beach Slang album. And that yeah. truly was like a return to the garage rock revival and that, and it, it was insufferable. It is tr- it's really, it is 
There's no way to pull it off anymore. Yeah. It's, those days are gone. No, it's true. It's, it's yeah. just, it's an anachronistic just, sound. Well, and it, it's, it's over. I don't think you can, there's a, any way to make sincere garage rock anymore. Right? It's just, those feelings. Because you're not in a garage. Those feelings are, pat, like, they're remnants of a, of a bygone era. You know, like, everything yeah. about it is just. Uh, we've been through too much trauma as a, a, the human race has been through too much trauma, uh, since, you know, 2005 for it to work anymore. I just, I don't, I I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. So let's hear fucking Green Day attempt to do just that. And, uh, I, you know, or I don't even know what they're attempting to do. Uh, I guess sell tickets for hockey games, which by the way, it's 2020, Green Day, did you? When did this album come out? Twenty twenty, yeah. Did you? Yeah, s- I know. Like, what part of twenty twenty? Uh, like, there weren't hockey games, my dude. No, dudes. it was uh, February early seventh, twenty twenty. Oh, February seventh. Oh, yeah, because they were gonna go on tour starting in March. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Did you guys see the way this album was marketed too? We should talk about that real quick. Oh no. Uh, the billboards that said like, no trap beats. No Swedish songwriters, just 100% pure rock. <laughs> like literally, that's how the album was marketed. Oh, we also didn't God. talk about the. That's so insufferable, man. It's this is this is this is pure unadulterated rock, according to Green Day. Uh, in response to critics uh, accusing Green Day of selling out, Billy Joe says, "You can take we we understand what you mean by that, but you can take us out of the punk rock environment, but you can't take the punk rock out of us." Yeah, it's really punk rock to to buy billboard space yeah. so that I can fucking convince you that I'm still a rocker. Dear like, what Lord. a fucking loser. Oh, uh, I was okay. just going to say You're- also we should probably mention how shit the album cover is. I know we oh, we touched on God. it in the worst of 2020. But the actual album cover itself is a close-up of uh, the American Idiot album cover, except for some reason the hand holding the grenade is tan, and then there's a uh, cartoon unicorn... Uh, that spray painted father of all motherfuckers over it. Uh, and then it's Green Day is written. It looks like it's written in like ketchup. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of ketchup. Very cool. S- fucking. It, I think it's supposed to be blood from the bleeding heart grenade, but it literally looks like ketchup. It looks like a child drew it. I don't even want to insult children. I think it's safe to say it's the worst album cover of 2020. Uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely atrocious. Also, like, yeah, like, like, like the punk graffiti style, like, whatever, like, text. It's fucking awful, man. The shit is, it's unacceptable. Even the parental advisory on it is askew. That's how punk and cool they are, guys. Whoa. Whoa, it's at an angle, baby. They're shaking things up. Yeah, they're shaking shit up by fucking calling their stupid album Father of All. Dun, dun, dun. Fucking idiots. <laughs> I hate these guys. I, I, it Honestly, like, it's just like Zombie Simpsons. It's like, when do you start to acknowledge that you know, allowing shit to go on forever and not critiquing it, which, by the way, critics gave this largely a pass. Critics were like, what was it? Pitchfork gave him a 7.0 or something like that? What the fuck? Pitchfork gave him a 6.7. And to be fair, this has like, a, I think that's about the aggregate on Metacritic. I don't like care. A we, we've talked about you, how all critics, all reviewers are cucked at this point. Yeah, they're all cucked. There's they're all no, sick of things. Club gives, I was. Uh, this is a little bit off off track, but like, just like thinking about the difference between like AV Club reviewing 
um, shows now versus when they were view- were viewing shows like um, you know several years ago. Everything is like an A. The lowest lowest they'll give anything is like an A minus. It is pathetic what's happened to the AV Club. I was literally just talking about this with Liv over breakfast, how far the AV Club has fallen. Yeah. How all their talented writers like moved on to bigger and better things 10 years ago, and now it's just a bunch of like wet behind the ears fucking dorks who love everything. Well, everybody love who's a everything. reviewer now, like a, a music or you know television journalist, media journalist, just wants to be a writer. And like... You know, so it's it's almost like they they there's some anxiety around reviewing something honestly because it could harm your chances for you know success in the creative industry. Right. right. Yeah. You want to be able to make those connections. Yeah. You want to be able to network. So so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. It is. It is a shame. But I will say this has like a, a an aggregate of sixty seven out of a hundred on Metacritic, which technically with their scale equates to generally favorable reviews, but it's very hard to fall into the 60-something range on Metacritic given what uh, criticism is these days. I mean, this was reviewed pretty poorly by like at least like a third of critics. It's fucking completely fucking toothless. If you can't call this shit what it is, then yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I feel like that it's also this is what happens uh, for bands that are considered, you know, to have this like holy and like venerated spot in, you know, music history too, where it's just like, we'll forgive it because like, you know, we just don't want to like, they're, they're too big to fail. It's the, it's the equivalent of they're too the, big to fail. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. What the hell? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I mean, it's deserved, it's deserved though, right? I mean, they deserve it for. For sure. But I'm Dookie. saying the idea that they can never be criticized again after that is totally bullshit. What they do deserve on this album is to be fucking uh, eviscerated, and I hope we do it. So, well, uh, Fantano gave it a strong zero to a light one, so at least... Uh, <laughs> Shall we get into the titular track? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's get on in here. This is uh, This is the one that we talked about on our worst of the year list. This is uh, Father of All... Father of all, (laughs) have you been? (sighs) Here we go. So this was uh, we decided the worst song on the album for the worst of the year list. Um, well, we kind of did that pretty like uh, last minute, but honestly, it was last minute. But I I think it's the right choice. I think it's the yeah. most representative song of this album, right? Yeah. Which makes it the worst. <laughs> Everything bad about the album is on display here. Yep. The falsetto, the weird falsetto that doesn't sound like Billy Joe. Those at clap all. tracks, man. Those clap tracks. Those I the yeah, claps. those early iPod commercial hand claps, man. Oof. That aren't the vocals so similar to like Portugal? Woodstock era Portugal, yeah. Yeah. yeah Portugal for the man, sure. Which is the another big bummer of, you know, a career trajectory. Well, so, some, but one some, that makes a little more sense, of, um, I feel like. Hedge on the the kind of like the darkness style like glam rock imitation. In some ways, yeah. There's a, the the glam rock mixed in with 
with all this shit is just the the cherry on on top. It's, it's all just, just so derivative, though. It's like none of these. It's it's none of these things. Genuinely, it's just it's very everything through a million filters. It's all there's no there's no dynamics. There's no there's no uh, you know shift from quiet to loud or anything. No. It's just loud, loud, loud. Everything's the same volume. Every instrument, every vocal track. It's just in your face. It's in your face rock and roll. Hey, right. no Swedish songwriters on here, baby. No yeah. Swedish songwriters. The songs were all written by the members of the band. No co-writers on this album, which I'm surprised by. Yeah, I am too, actually. Uh, I almost wonder if that's just a lie. Yeah, I think it is. They somehow got a, a, a professional song doctor who didn't care about not being credited. I don't know. Yeah, Mike Drint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Whoever's taking credit for this, it doesn't matter. I woke up to a message of love choking up on the smoke from above. I'm obsessed with the poison in us. What a mess because there's no one to trust. The, the, the lyrics across this album were kind of bring me back to that Imagine Dragons album we did where it's just Absolutely. like it's just like word salad, like Scrabble lyrics. Uh, yeah. where like, I'll wait, be honest. Where I like at first, it's like these these clauses, like, do they make sense? Like, they, they seem like they might. And then you're like, wait, no, no, they don't. What do you mean the smoke Ima- from above? What's smoke from above? It's Imagine Dad Punks. Sorry. <laughs> Imagine Dad Punks. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they're great or anything, but I do think the lyrics are the the best thing about the album, which is saying something. I, I dis I disagree. I think when I actually comb through the, the lyrics on the album after, because I've listened to this a bunch of times. I listened to it when it came out, hoping it would be good. Uh, I listened to it for the worst 2020 and I listened to it again for this. Um, this is the first time I really combed through the lyrics and I expected them to be worse. I listened They're to it kinda... twice and it just went right through me like a coffee. It was like, it's, it's quick. It's, it's very smooth. It's, it's smooth brain music. Um, at first, I thought uh, the money, all the stuff about like count your money lying in a pile of blood and money was about like um, acknowledging that they're sort of like doing like a, a cash grab sellout type thing with this album. That's what but, I thought. Uh, on Howard Stern, Billy Joe said uh, that it's actually about um, having imposter syndrome for having money. Because you came from such a came from such a broke I'm background. I'm rich, but I still want to play a punk on TV. Feel bad for me. Play. You know, my dad. My dad was a truck driver. My brother's a plumber. My other brother worked as a custodian. Stuff like that. So it's just very working class background, more compared to what I had none. It's sort of a trip. Ugh. What a boring fucking like conundrum to have, you fucking dolt. Yeah. Also- oh, why can't I hold all this money? I don't know. <laughs> But people uh, look at I me just funny. Got, I, just, I just got a mental image of, you know, that scene from Zoolander where he goes back to his, his coal mining town and his father's <laughs> yeah. like, you're no son to me. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the black lung. Yeah. I've got the black lung, pop. It does. The melody does stick in my head. But what I end up doing, what I've been doing is singing the lyrics to Down by 311 to that. Uh, like, <laughs> Put on my side as my ego becomes a fucking child with some words on my tongue. And my mouth is loose, so as I scatter my spit, I dream of juice. <laughs> Have you ever made out in dark hallways? All right, let's get back to Green Day. Let's move on to the next song here. This shit sucks. Uh, the next one is called Fire Ready Aim. That's so clever. Ooh, very clever. Very clever. Take a little common phrase and you mix the order up and that's, you know. Sign sealed, delivered, you're welcome. It's called punk. Here we go. In the case with a stack of all your love. 
today. This is the uh, this is that hive song that you're talking about, right? This has yeah. the hive guitar tone. I don't because I, I want it. I don't yeah, hate the exactly. song. I don't hate the song, and I, I maybe I just want a hives album. But the thing is, it's the hives run through a filter of like Adam early Levine. Black Keys and Black Keys and like Cage the Elephant. It's still it doesn't. The hives had gritty production. And this has. If this song were to th- come on while I'm in the middle of like doing the row machine, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, because you're you're brain addled by all those endorphins. Like yeah. anything. No, is because this sound is exactly okay. the this type of song that music. would come is, on at a, at a Planet Fitness. This is good Planet Fitness. Exactly. This is good Planet Fitness music. Yeah, that's really what I want Green Day to do. I want Green Day to sound good at Planet Fitness and it's, get it me seems going like on my the, step uh, count. The lane that they're angling for here seems like no, that's what they actually. Want. <laughs> I think this one's the most transparent hockey anthem, actually. If you look at the lyrics, you've got the ready, aim, fire, fire, aim, ready, aim. Uh, knock your teeth out to the ground. Kick the dog when the whistle blows. Like, this is all, it's just hockey bait. It's just like, throw this on the loudspeakers. Yeah, I think I saw the that. Fucking, uh, oh, man, I forgot the name of the uh, Oakland hockey team. Is there one? I don't know. Throw this on the loudspeakers when the Winnipeg Jets get a goal. You know? <laughs> The Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> yeah, no, it's complete. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that when I was looking at there was like, you know, some like one stupid like uh, genius annotation for this entire. Oh, wow. They have a video for it. Are they at a hockey rink? Let's find out. Um, oh, yeah. NHL official video. There you go. I mean, there you fucking Go, dude. Well, I was reading the genius lyrics for this one, and there's only like two things that are annotated, and it's those same lines: a kick the dog when the whistle bro- blows. And apparently, there's a brand called Hockey Dog that produces pucks, and when the whistle blows, players can hit it around the rink. So it literally is a hockey. It's a fucking god damn it, dude. So it's that's branded content. I didn't it's- realize. Branded content. This fucking sucks, dude. Wait, is there a video? I just want to see if they're on a hockey rink. Oh, my God, guys. What? <laughs> Are they what? in a hockey rink? Guess what, baby? They're literally in a hockey rink. <laughs> oh, this no. This <laughs> rule. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's so great. Okay, it's literally just them in a hockey rink the entire time. That's, Why? That's, Look at these old dorks. Why are they I wearing know. the Billy Joe? They're is wearing Zoolander. The, He's Zoolander. Billy Joe is wearing the same shirt that I am. He's they're Zoolander. wearing all the outfits from the like lit my own worst enemy yeah. music video. These guys I don't know are, what that says these about guys are me. Very, very <laughs> it's literally the same shirt that I'm wearing. <laughs> it's like the fucking cheetah print fucking lapel. <laughs> oh, you guys do have the exact same lapel we right now. That's literally funny. have the same lapel. Oh my um, yeah, god! Yeah, this I can't. It's not the hives. It's not hivesy enough for me, Ben, because of those millennial whoops. Because of the. So I was gonna ask about the whoops. Oh, yeah. How many? I feel like they must have recorded it twice and just copy pasted across the album. Because they're, they're not even that different from song to song. It's kind of the no. same woo woo wee woo each time. Every it's, single fucking time, and it's so jarring. There's of the. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which also, what song is that originally? What? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I was thinking the same oh, exact thing. Oh, and heaves in the street. Oh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it is. Uh, 
fuck, man. It's so jarring to watch this video and they like make it like they, they cut the camera so that it like for the part that somebody is supposed to be singing. Oh, yeah. And it's like clearly like they're trying to match it up with Billy Joe's like face. But there's completely no synchronicity to it whatsoever. There's no way that you can convince me that that's something that he's singing or like it doesn't it doesn't even matter. I mean, but, Billy but, Joe is is serving blue steel in that entire video. Just, <laughs> he is. Well, yeah, that's the only way his face can move now because of the Botox. I'm blue sure. steel with a hangover, man. Oh, the man God. is like 50 years old, right? And then the Zamboni comes out, baby. Why don't we move on to the next yeah. one here? Yeah, oh, this yeah. is true. <laughs> I was oh, just yeah. about to say. It's called Oh Yeah. So this gets my vote for worst song in the album. Yeah, I agree. It's really bad. I think this is the worst. This is worse than the titular track. It is worse because, like, I'll I'll say the the songs on this album where they do like attempt to like graze the edge of a political point are the worst because they're the full like they're so entirely disingenuous. Like when you're making hockey arena music and saying like face down in the dirt, like you know. Police brutality is a thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I can't even remember how the fucking chorus goes because it's so unremarkable. But oh, yeah. Oh, Whatever. yeah. You know, I was really kind of grasping for a paradigm with which to understand this album. And it makes so much more sense knowing this is just an NHL album. Like, it, it really, I can actually. It's I can, Jock Jams. I can, it's Jock Jams. I can map, oh. I can map it's this. Jock, remember Jock Rocks? It's Jock yeah. Rocks. I can map this onto something now. And no. it does make a lot more sense. Jock Rocks. It's Jock Rocks. Uh, the Gross. first three songs on this album feel like they all started out as the same song. Yeah. And then, like, d- just sitting, you know, the process of sitting down to try to write a song, like, all these riffs came out of that, like, ten minutes of diddling around, and they're just like, oh, yeah, we can turn that into three songs. Actually, let's make it the album. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the ultimate half-ass. It's, like, not even a half. It's, like, a quarter or an eighth, an eighth of an ass. I... I, I, you know, I just, and then they have these fucking lines is burning books in a bulletproof backpack. Like, it's <laughs> Jesus. Like, shut the fuck it, up. Really? Shut that, up, wait, wait, dude. Burning yes. books in a bulletproof backpack? Yes. Burning yes. books in a bulletproof backpack. Damn. <laughs> this is also the song where they sampled Gary Glitter. Oh, nice, 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 nice. And that's a really political statement right there. Let's use a known child abuser, sex offender, monster person. He literally... Like one of the worst human beings raped children. Literally and, absconded from one third, third world country to another again and again to evade Interpol so he could continue fucking kids. And you're going to pay this man royalties, Green Hell Day? Yeah. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. 
so and then have the audacity to try to say you're a political band or like you're trying to like you know make political points on here about fucking whatever well after people complained about it they did uh agree to donate uh the uh proceeds from this, this song to uh some charity oh but, good like, oh it was well, that only, makes it only after they were called out did, did they do, did they donate the proceeds to Derek Zoolander's school for kids who can't read yet? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's the one. A worthy charity, a worthy cause. Um, I mean, not like they would do any research into a charity anyway. Like, come on, these guys. This Billy Joe's mad because people in his you know working class people in his family look at him funny now. Maybe just fucking I don't know. Pay for their their lives you have plenty (laughs) so stupid did you guys read any of the um genius annotations on this song no 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 (laughs) so in the uh you know in the in the pre-chorus it says everybody is a star awful melody by the way um billy joe uh, the annotation for that on um Genius is Billy Joe commented in an interview with Kerrang about the specific line, quote, I just feel like with all the chaos going on, no one ever hesitates to take a good selfie. <laughs> wow. wow. Commentary. So woke. This is also apparently a commentary on uh fucking uh the high gun ownership rate in the US and the frequency of violence. All right. To me, okay. it sounds like a commentary on, uh, you know, whether or not they have the chops to compete with the Black Keys for the the Ford F one fifty commercial spot. <laughs> it's just a competition to 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 get get that coveted truck commercial spot. Oh, they explain it that it wasn't, you know, they weren't thinking about the Gary Glitter piece. It was uh, because the. Uh, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts also used that same sample. So it's really Joan Jett's fault. So, so yeah, I think actually, all right, to be, I was, to be like really granular about this, I think it was, uh, they sampled a Joan Jett cover version of, of the that. Gary Glitter song. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Still, That's a good still gives excuse. royalties. <laughs> still gives royalties to Gary Glitter. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> Uh, I think it sucks and it's really bad. And let's move on to the next one. This also has a video that I watched uh, with one of the kids from Stranger Things. I guess that's how they're gonna get all the Zoomers to uh, which you know, one? care about them. Uh, this next one, Meet Me on the Roof. No, which, which kid? kid from Stranger Things? Oh, I don't know. The kind of froggy looking one. Ah, uh, he's he's the name? one that Dustin. broke through. He's he's like the pop culture breakthrough. I feel like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in commercials. Yeah. Yep, so exactly, and this is a commercial. So here we we go. This one's totally ripping off Arctic Monkeys in a huge way. <laughs> yeah, um. yeah, definitely. Uh, still, still in that space. It also, this is the one I think that most recalls um, recent Weezer. Yes, yes, yes I exactly. Yeah. Yep, correct. 
this is a Weezer, straight up Weezer formula, cut and paste, you know, have some sort of like vague like storyline about, you know, being a young person in love or whatever and like have it sound like, you know, the opening song to the OC. Like I just I'm hanging with the Cholos, he says. Cholos. <laughs> That's also something Rivers would do. Uh, oh, but. there's so there's an ad lib of someone doing falsetto uh, of at the end of every line. With no toothache, cholos. <laughs> uh, really need to hear you say the word cholo again. Yeah, please, please. Cholo. Jesus. Uh, why does everything has to swing? Everything is like slightly doo-wop. You're right. It is very doo-wop-y. Um, but it's all like, it's, it's Greaser's 50s music. It's, it's Hairspray. I don't even want to insult Hairspray. It is. It's Grease. It's fucking, I, I was like, I'm picturing all these songs, just like a bunch of kids, you know, in their little sock hop uniforms, like skipping and snapping their fingers down the street. Yeah. Like. This is this is what getting back to your roots sounds like. This is what is pure unadulterated rock. There is maybe what? there is one song in this album that kind of approaches a Green Day song. Kind of. Yeah, I think there's a couple yeah. there's, there's a couple that approach. We haven't gotten to them yet. We'll talk about uh, when we do. But this one's definitely not one not of them. Not one of them. <laughs> Uh, no, dude. No, it's if so the last bad. one, if the last one was, you know, jockeying for the Ford F one fifty spot, this one is definitely jockeying for the Marshalls TJ Maxx commer- back to school commercial. Back to school, exactly. Everyone dude. is jumping around in their new backpacks. It looks like them literally being like Green Day, like Green Day as a cover band of themselves playing a child's birthday party. Like that's what it sounds like, and that's what the video is pretty much. <laughs> like the whole album is fucking like Discovery Zone vibes, like. Actually, I don't even want to. Yeah, don't do like, that. Do Discovery Zone don't dirty. Do Discovery That's Zone not like even that. fair. <laughs> Discovery Zone was very dirty. You don't it need was to so do dirty. It dirty. <laughs> it's yeah. It's definitely like bat mitzvah, fucking guys. This is bullshit. not a good album. It's a bad album. <laughs> this is not a good. I'm album. glad. I'm glad you've come around because before you were sending us texts like, I don't know, guys. I kind of like it. <laughs> I um. I did. Well, I didn't. I expected it. To, I mean, the last album that i was on here for was like hollywood undead and imagine dragons and i don't think this is as bad as that i really don't it's better it's not as good as hollywood undead that's, that's true it's not you're as, right it's not as bad as what i pictured it be. i thought like the new green day album i thought you you listened to it thinking you might like it i i thought it was going to be way worse than this oh no i think it's extremely fucking bad it's 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 precisely bad because of the you know, again, I mean, I think it comes, it's like the weirdness uh, is, this, I mean, that's a little bit more extreme because it was like they didn't put out any albums between, you know, the early, like, Holy Trinity and then the weirdness. And it was like, why the fuck did you do this? It sullies your legacy. But this is, this is a very, like, this is a legacy ruining, like, album. And there's just such a level of, of expectation when you're such an important band in like pop culture history and in rock and roll history and when you're literally in the in the hall of fame and you know you pioneered pop punk like it and and now this is what you sound like like yeah you have to hold that shit you have to hold people more accountable when you know what they're capable of and yeah this is this is a rough rough album we 
we all know the smart play is to stop releasing music after like your fourth album and then just play uh, full album sets at Riot. Just Fest. tour, exactly. Tour once a year. Yeah. <laughs> just tour once a year, doing fucking all of your early music, and literally you will never because fucking they, run they out they of money. Because they don't need to do this. Weezer doesn't need to do this. Why are they doing this? No. Like, there's, there are sad cases like Dick Dale who like needed to tour, you know, need to tour to support themselves. For the rest of their life but like green day does not need to keep coming out with albums so i will say unfortunately they did need to keep coming out with albums they had i guess a, a crazy deal with reprise records they've been on reprise records since dookie uh wow. and this album is the final album to complete their you know, contractual requirements Wait, to reprise records. Are you yes. kidding me? Wait, hang I'm on. I'm serious. How, so, wh- how many albums were they obligated? Well, let's like, see. Are, Dookie, Insomniac, Nimrod, Warning, uh, Warning American, Warning, Idiot. American Idiot, 21st, 21st Century Breakdown, Uno, Dos, Trey, Revolution Radio, to uh, Father of All Motherfuckers. That's 11 albums. That is, so since 1994, they've been beholden to, to reprise? Yeah, that's. Repri- ins- I don't know why I'm saying reprise. Yeah, I don't know why you are either. I was trying to gracefully correct you, but that is cr- <laughs> that is crazy. That is that is that is mind blowing to me though. That is a big reveal. Yeah. So I wonder what's next. Maybe they will stop finally after this. Please God, just go on the Riot Fest permatour. Just fucking do it. Like I'm so stoked. I'm so ready. I'll fucking lose my shit. I don't think their their quote I think is probably too high to ever play Riot Fest. They are one of the highest paid touring. Uh, acts uh, in Just music. Cash in they on... make like Lady Gaga money going on tour. That is insane to me. But they would still make that much money if they just cashed in on the nostalgia and just did, you know, them and Weezer. Weezer can do Blue Album, fucking Pinkerton and Green. And then fucking, you know, Dr- Green Day can do Nimrod, Insomniac and Dookie and just just do that and fucking do it forever. Or do one album a year and then, you know, whatever. Uh, they, but they could, right? Like, even if you, like, you could pull a prince, right? And be like, fuck you. I'm stuck in this contract. I'm going to make, I'm going to change my name. I'm going to do all this weird shit. And like, I'm going to be extra experimental with my music. Or I don't know, maybe I'll comment on, you know, the, how this is fucked up or like have some sort of lyrics that reference it or whatever. But it, no, no, there's none of that. They've given up and I've given up. Um, and uh, why don't we move on to the next song, which is Let's called... actually, real quick, before we move on, let's take a little break. Okay, yeah, let's take a break. It's about that time, and I gotta pee. Okay. All right, everyone, I'm back. I ate a quick taco. I'm feeling uh, well-rested and um, hydrated and tacoed. Uh, so let's listen to... This next song, which, despite the terrible title, I think is probably the best one on the album. So uh, this is I Was a Teenage Teenager. I was a teenage teenager. I would love to hear Weezer cover this song. 
Mm. I bet they probably <laughs> would cover each other on that tour. I bet. I bet I, they'd, uh... I like this song. I um, they but they still they can't help themselves. They put the woo woo wooey woos in with I reverb know. this time. It's like come on. I yeah. know. If they just left that. Did out. you see me like? I feel like we all instinctively winced as soon as we heard that part. Like it's just ugh, not necessary. I don't know that it's a good song, but it is the first song that is identifiably Green Day. Where if I heard it on the radio, I'd say, "Oh, that's a Green Day song." Unlike the first four, which I'd be like, "Is uh, oh, it's a it's the Black Keys got a new singer." It's also probably like uh, what Make It Stop Stockholm Syndrome part of the album. Where it's like just anything that's close to good is great. Yeah, no, it's probably my favorite song in the album for sure. It's it's the only one where like Billy Joe's voice sounds like Billy Joe at least in the chorus, um, and like you can kind of you hear the bass like throw you know holding everything together. It honestly it sounds like there are real people playing real instruments and like he's actually singing. Yeah, you know, and and I'll. <laughs> That's what I have to look, you know, that's what I give credit for now at this point. Right. <laughs> Fucking Green Day. This would, there's a nice guitar solo on this song, too. Yeah, it's a good solo. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. actually a very Weezerish solo. I don't I don't know that this would fit on Dookie, but I think maybe you could throw it on, like, Warning, and it would fit. I yeah. think, like, this could be the, like, I, I, I could see this being a good direction if Green Day needs to keep making music, like, do songs like this. And I don't even know if it fits on Warning. Like this is this feels like it could be another direction that they could try. I think if they had a whole album of songs that sounded like this, we wouldn't be talking about this album. Uh, I'll agree with that. But it wouldn't. I also wouldn't be excited about it either. No, it's not. It's not that. No. And also, you with the title, you know, I was a teenage teenager. uh, You know, know, you expect it to be poignant. You expect it to be like a, a look back. Uh, you know, on his teenage years with something to say, but it's really not. It's really just like, it's truly just, I used to be a teenager who did drugs and hated school. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know you have told us that for years. <laughs> Give us some fresh perspective. Like, what are you now? Right, exactly. And, or like, what have you learned? You know, yeah. looking back How on yourself. How have you changed since right. you were a teenage teenager? Right. And you became an adulting adult or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Also, when you're calling yourself, you know, when I was a teenage teenager full of piss and vinegar, it's quite clear that, you know, the baking soda has neutralized that piss and vinegar, dude. Like, you don't, you know, there's none of that on this entire album. There's no, like, nothing is sung with any sort of conviction. There's nothing fresh about it. You know, it's all just like the the best song, I think, is just the the rehash of his uh of his adolescence. And, and it still sucks. Like, it's still boring. And, and. You know, all of that piss and vinegar has long since been like auto falsettoed out of you. And this is, you know, what's left, I guess, is looking back in your life and being like, yeah, well, I was young once. You know, that's ugh, yikes. Not great. My life's a mess and school is just for suckers. I know. Living like a prisoner for haters. Okay, very Weezer. Good Melody, I like it, but living like a prisoner for haters? What? Are you saying that you, you know, you cared too much about what other people thought of you, I guess? Just fucking say that. Like, I, a prisoner for haters? Ugh, stupid. It's, it's awkward. It, it doesn't make sense. 
Then he goes from I was a teenage teenager to I am an alien visitor. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, I did not. I did not uh, deep dive these lyrics. I guess we are not the same. I am a Martian. (laughs) (laughs) Is everything six degrees of Will Wayne? Uh, can we just talk about, can we just mention Lil Wayne, let's actually, welcome home. Yeah. Welcome home, Lil Wayne. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Getting pardons from Donald Trump. (laughs) Lil Wayne and Kwame Kilpatrick. Yeah. Prime Town season two fame. And Kodak Black, who's a bad, bad rapist man. Also. Not not Bobby Shmurda though. No, no. Uh, actually, also, we get to issue a retraction from a previous episode uh, where we uh, claimed or d- we using the information that we had available at the time, we deliberated and said that Soldier Boy was not a piece of shit. Unfortunately, uh, he is. He's a bad, 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 bad man. And he uh, does rapes to his manager. So fuck Soldier Boy and uh, fuck Lil Wayne and <laughs> uh, fuck Green Day, um, <laughs> I guess. That's uh, the three line here. Uh, this uh, should we go to the next one? Yeah, we might as well. Stab you in the heart. <laughs> oh God. Liv, Liv said this song is literally just the diners diving, diners drive-ins and dives theme song. <laughs> as you as you listen to this song though, think, imagine okay, this song belongs on Simpsons Sing the Blues. <laughs> Absolutely. I was gonna say, imagine <laughs> Guy Fieri eating a chili dog. Hell yeah! In a, ca- in a Cadillac will. with the top down. Thank you. <laughs> I should be so lucky. Guy Fieri turns out great guy. I'm fully in support of that man. Wait, what? Yeah, really? Actually, I thought he was homophobic. No, he's like genuinely. No, he does gay weddings. Yeah, that was apparently fake news. It was totally fake news. He has a gay sister and he does gay weddings. He's a. All right. I, I, I've been wanting to love Dude, Guy Fieri for so long. Dude, he loves kids. So he's really know. great with kids. He raised a ton of money for restaurants during the early days of the pandemic. Yeah, he's he a did. very He, he highlights, like, you know, uh, a lot of, like, minority-owned businesses that don't get a lot of attention and puts them on a show, and then they are really successful. Good and for he, Guy Fieri. He's a he good guy. He did the whole Hot Ones Challenge without taking a single sip of water. What a fucking badass. Why don't you do a, why don't you do a, a feature that's like surprise, surprise good guys? <laughs> surprise good guys. Oh, I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's rare. I wonder if we did, if I did the math, like what percentage of our, of the albums we've done had at least one member, uh, like, you know, do, doing sexual assaults. Like, I feel like it's, it's too many. Unfortunately, yeah, it's it's mostly just like assume everyone is terrible and then like maybe they prove you wrong. Who are the case. surprise good guys we've talked about on this show? No one. <laughs> are the Green Day surprise good guys? Like I feel like No. They had to I be fucking like guilted not. into being like into donating some money to Rain because they, you know, got fucking called out for using a Gary Glitter song. Yeah, we're not we're not good guys here. All right, let's move on to Stab You in the Heart. Here we go. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> That's Otto singing Stab You in the Heart on Simpsons Sings the Blues. <laughs> it is. I hear it now. Yeah. Now we're I doing s- country western hair metal kids bop? Yeah. I mean, it's again, what? again, they're going for like the like 50s music revival. The- did, he, did he say my achy, breaky yes! heart? 
Oh my god. Yeah. What a what a match. Oh going god. I what think they were going for like the the clash cover of brand new Cadillac, but they ended uh. up at one eight seven seven cars for kids. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's that's the line. That's the line. That of the is day. really. That just says it. I feel like my incredulity is like getting me to like fucking Billy Joe falsetto levels here. I'm just like, why, <laughs> why, <laughs> baby infidel in a dirty magazine. What? Telling dirty lies everybody can see. Kick it in the head, and now I want to see you dead with a switchblade edge to the chest. Okay. It does sound like the like yeah, approximating like rockabilly lyrics. It's tutti fruity. It's just a straight up twelve bar blues. It's I mean it's it's you know Lil Richard and also you know interchangeably like all of that early 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 rock and roll sound, but it literally is tutti fruity. Yeah. Well, it it wishes it was. It wishes it was. Well, according to the Genius Annotation, it is inspired by tutti fruity, which had been previously used in the twenty twelve Dose track. Fuck time. I'm sorry. Yeah, actually, Fuck I never time. listened to Dose, but I think Dose was like their first pass at this style of album, I think. Um, I might oh. go back and check out Dose because I've read a couple places that like that was their first uh, their first pop garage rock attempt. Yeah. Oh, and this was produced by Butch Walker. So that all makes sense. Who's that? Uh, he's did like Avril Lavigne and Fallout Boy and fucking all this shit. Oh, Liv yeah. was remarking on how similar to, you know, recent Avril Lavigne a lot yeah. of this stuff is. It literally is. Panic at the Disco, Fallout Boy, fucking all of their like crossover hits, you know, like all the fucking, you know, big, you know, arena, that big arena sound. Taking this, uh, you know, corporate glam rock arena uh, acoustics and applying it to like washed up punk, punk bands to make it palatable for uh, for TV commercials. I guess that's the formula, and this guy does it. That's his thing. God, it's really a bad song, and the lyrics just take it over the edge too. What the fuck, dude? Why? Why do we have? Why does it sound like a high school musical track? <laughs> dude, honestly, it's yeah, it's like some Glee shit. Yeah, you know, it's like some Return of Bruno shit, and like Ben said, it's some uh, some Simpsons sing the blues. Like, just don't do a 12-bar blues. I My jaw dropped when I heard that. I'm like, oh, my God. I can't believe it. <laughs> it should it should be conventional wisdom. Don't just play a 12-bar blues no. in the middle of your no. song. No. That's the backbone of this song. And then lyrics like, daggers in my eyes and a rusty tambourine. Give me my stiletto, gonna do some surgery. <laughs> like, what are we doing? And again with the hand claps and the same goddamn timbre and tempo every song. And, and it's, it's, come on. I, I hate it. I hate it's it. It's a I long it. 26 minutes, this album. I know. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, oh, I actually take it back from my earlier thing. I think this is the best song on the album. I think this is the most Green this Day song. It's definitely the, the most Green Day-ish song. Yeah. So here we go. Sugar Youth.
this song until you like actually look at it and the lyrics and you know and obviously it still relies very heavily on those very dumb overused tropes of the fucking phoned in hand claps and all the other shit we've already talked about but I can I, I think the hand claps are used more effectively I guess I mean I I don't think they're not necessary in any way you could just have it fucking be a punk song but you know I do have in my notes that this is the best song in the album so I, yeah, I take it back as yeah well. it is it's the best song on the album it is the most green day and it you know I if I cross my eyes and like let my brain go fuzzy like dissociate a little bit I could be if you bite your lip and close your eyes <laughs> <laughs> I still think teenage teenager is better I know this like sounds like green day but it's like definitely like a filler track on any green day album yeah for it's sure it's still like only two minutes and i don't know and it still has all that terrible well, it's production a, it's a filler track on a green day album as opposed to a fucking imagine dragons album so i guess you know, right. we'll give it you no know, the chorus is it's probably the the best hook on the album it is the most classically pop punk hook yeah. uh and you know i love me some classic pop punk so sure it's good. It's good. I mean, the lyrics are fucking cheesy as hell. You know, talking about never, ever fucking the prom queen and I'm going to dance to something wild. I got a feeling and it's dangerous. Like, dude, none, you're not convincing me. None of this is dangerous to you. The The best line is, uh, I am the child of coy. <laughs> this is so bad, dude. I can't defend this. I am the child of coyote and bandito. I'm, drisk- I'm drinking whiskey by the river doing yayo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> it's no, so but fucking if you're cool, a fifty, dude. if you're a fifty-year-old man, maybe don't be writing songs about fucking prom queens anymore. Yes, move on, move on. Well, that's that. That's the inherent uh, flaw in it trying is, to rewrite right. like pop punk. So, trying to do pop punk when you're this old, because that is what pop punk is about. So it's like, so stop making music. Well, I, I don't know. You could do like a thing like Hard Girls or yeah. whatever. You know, like there are there's definitely modern pop punk that is still like about mature themes, but uses that like anthemic, like frantic energy to to good use. So I disagree with that. I, I think it's hard. I think you have to be clever. You have to try. But um, which are, are all things that the Green Day is not trying to do on this album. They you know, they're not clever. They're not trying. Um, it's extremely phoned in. But um, it is possible to make modern pop punk that has like maturity to it and has like some some weight to it. Um, it's not this and uh, fucking, but that's so, it's just I'm the child of Coyote and Bandito. <laughs> <laughs> he just thinks because he like gets burritos and like he lives in L.A. and like eats burritos that he can say he hangs out with cholos and is the child of Bandito. <laughs> Fucking terrible! It's it's fucking. I can fucking see it mis- in his cara. I was just about to say it's Michelle Massage. I can see it in your cara. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's go to the next one. Uh, yes. This is called Junkies on a High. This was another uh, finalist for Worst of the Year. Um, yeah. This is if you listen to the Worst of the Year, you can hear me say, Heather, let's call an audible and do track one. But this was uh, my original choice for worst uh, worst on the album. Yeah, and it's not good. So here we go.
is awful. No, nope. it, it has um, it, it does have like the I walk this lonely road. It is. It could, th- it's this precisely could, this could that fit song. In American idiot. No, no, nope. This is nope. if Imagine Dragons covered Bullet yeah. Heart of Broken exactly. Dreams. Yes, and then we added a Pomeranian. Is that song on um, American Idiot? Yes, that's the song for yeah. that. Yeah, that's Boulevard and Broken Dreams. Yeah, it it's that song slowed down, covered by Imagine Dragons. It does have a ma- it does then, have that Imagine Dragons vibe. Yeah. God, the fucking with the like piano, piano. overdubs and oh. the uh, crunk, 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 crunk. it's so out of play. It's so you want you want these um you want these components to like integrate to get like you want them to like support one another and you don't want to hear one component like dominating any other in a song and then you but you hear just like it's just like there's it's like put this track turn it all the way up take this other track turn it all the way up no you you know what i want to hear i don't want to even hear any of these fucking unnecessary components get rid of the tambourine get rid of the pomeranian get rid of the fucking piano and just play a fucking fucking punk song play a rock song who cares nobody needs the rest of these fucking bullshit accoutrements yeah, and honestly, like, if you listen to American Idiot, you know, they were being really ambitious on that album uh, with their arrangements and the concepts and stuff, but they still, most of the songs are just guitar-based drums, vocals. Right. Like, they were still keeping it simple, even at their most excessive. I think that's another part of the reason why this is so jarring, this album, because, like, Green Day, even when they were at their most commercial, like, were never this reliant on production tricks and shit. And fucking these lyrics, man. My name is nobody. My pride is my pornography. Kool-Aid's my motto. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. I was trying to figure out what that fucking means. What? Pride is my pornography, guys. Just totally meaningless. Dude, it's it's word salad. It means nothing. Yeah, remember when you fucking... Remember when you jacked off and like wrote the song of a generation about it? Like now you can't come until someone's given you permission, dude. Like this shit is so cucked. It's so shitty. It's so bad. There, there's no deeper meaning to that. That's hey, just hey, no kink shaming, uh, orgasm denial, uh, people. I'm, <laughs> I'm canceled. Just, just cut it. Just cut it off. It you can't come. Yeah, you just can't come. You just cannot come. And neither can we, man. Oh, God. Oh, the song is called yeah. He's on a High, huh? Too much yeah. yayo by the river, I think. Yeah. Too yeah. much yayo. <laughs> so, those that, those uh, keys are so bad. It's like a doorbell. Right. Yeah, it's like... It's uh, their ring. <laughs> they took them straight from the like beginning of uh, the Succession theme song. Ugh. I want it. I hate it. I really hate it. It's so bad. I I don't. It's the most Imagine Dragonsy song on the whole album for sure. Like this is the most. This is the only. You know. I think part of what's crazy about the album is like how they how anachronistic all of it sounds. Like it's all like. I don't know if they were trying to sound current, but it all sounds really ten years ago. Um, but or this, twenty. Yeah. Twenty years ago. But this Let's, is uh this is this does sound the most current in that it sounds exactly yeah. like Imagine Dragons. Yeah, but with the fucking Boulevard of Broken Dreams fucking like backing track and like and cadence and almost like notes note for note. It is note Rock for note. Rock and roll tragedy. I think the next one could be me. Heavens my rival. I could just fucking sing these. Also, Heaven's My Rival. Ugh. 
I just spit. I just spit. I like saw the ricochet of fucking phlegm coming off of my fucking face into the computer screen. That's how annoyed I am with this shit. Uh, mm. Let's let's go to the next Get one on. here. <laughs> We're almost done. We only got yeah, two we left. Are. We're two flying left. through this shit. We're flying through. Are we really? Baby. Like I feel like. I'm I'm shocked that we're definitely talking it's, about this for longer than the album. It's definitely been an hour and 40 minutes anyway. So that's why I'm just <laughs> moving it along for fucking 20 For us to have two songs left and we're only an hour and a half into it. That's <laughs> amazing for us. This is, a well, 26, this is a 26 minute album. That's what I'm saying. Like dude. I want this here. one to be. There's nothing here. <laughs> exactly. So I'm moving it right along to take the money and crawl. Very bad. No, no, no. Very, this is this is the black the most black keys song. Yeah. Yeah. Which again hasn't re- have not been relevant for at least like eight years. If you're yeah, if you, you're yeah. right. If you're gonna bite a style, it might as well be the Imagine Dragons song. Like, why would you do this? Why would you do this? Yeah. No one is like pining for like black keys style songs in 2021. It's so like, weird. Uh, it's it's so disconnected. Hockey fans aren't pining for that. Like I don't, I don't get. This doesn't fit in. No, this but it is the NHL paradigm that I have been using to understand this album. I'll tell you what fits into the paradigm. Lyrics like these: "So you can take a walk, or you can suck my cock. Take the money and crawl. Oh yeah, it's just my what luck, the hell? but Wait, I don't. That... Yes, damn, that's bad. But I don't give a fuck." Take the money and crawl. What an absolute wild man. What a dangerous and cool dude. You can tell by the 17 fucking Instagram filters he put on his voice that he doesn't give a fuck, man. You can suck his cock, baby. Fucking, ugh. Ugh, it's so bad. (laughs) So bad. Dude, I wonder if you added up all the times um, (laughs) that Billy Joe, over the course of his, uh, you know, songwriting career, wrote a lyric about not giving a fuck. I wonder, would it be more than a hundred? Yeah, all the fucks that we're giving. It's a lot, dude. Yeah, you. Somebody who has to thou protest too much. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly right. If you have to keep saying it over and over again, like you know, he doesn't give a fuck. There's literally a song on American Idiot called "I Don't Care." You know, like, (laughs) and it goes, "I don't care." Right, and they didn't. I think you care, dude. They didn't need to have a title of a song be I don't care when, you know, Dookie came out because that the listlessness, the boredom with modern life, the feelings of like alienation, the feeling of like, you know, being on the outside looking in all that stuff was apparent. You didn't have to spell it out. It was just clear. It was baked into the chorus. It was baked into the songwriting. It was baked into the guitar. It was, you know, this shit is the most giving a fuck album like I've heard in a long time, man. I mean, 
I don't know if I'd call this a giving a fuck. Yeah, I, don't I, would, think, I would say it's the opposite of that. I would say it's the opposite. No, I mean, I'm in, in terms of the level of fucking production that was like, that was trying so... I'm not talking about them personally as musicians. Butch Walker gave a fuck. That's sure, what I'm yes. saying. I'm talking about the production fucking level to, to try so hard to pretend to not care. That ugh, that's a let's, gross let, let, no, let's paradox. Let's forget that the first three songs are one song. I, I think you're right about that, Mike Dunn. That like yeah. it, the, the first three tracks are just they came out of like some noodle session, and it's like all right, let's just have the verse, chorus of the of you know, and put it here for these first three songs. That's like all it is. This is not. This is nothing. There's no yeah. nothing on this album. I don't think Green Day put any work into this album other than like running it by NHL executives to say, hey, this this works, right? They, they What they said to the NHL executives was, do I dare say please when I'm on my knees? Take the money and crawl. <laughs> <laughs> they're cucked by the, they're cucked by the puck. They're pucked. They're, they're pucked. <laughs> puck you, miss. Puck you, miss. <laughs> Wow, yeah. Well, we've sure come full circle here. <laughs> I don't think we came full circle. I don't think we ever left starting position. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> Is this last song called Gra- Graffitia? Yeah, Graf- it's called yeah. Graffitia. Oh, yes. yeah. Graffitidia. Graffitia. What the hell is that? What the hell is that? I thought it was uh, supposed to be the name of a woman, but I think it's, spo- it's the name of a town. After I read the lyrics, I yeah. think it's like... A rundown. You know what? You know what? Actually, here's what's here's what's fucked up. You know what this song is about, Ben? What? It's police about brutality. police brutality. Oh, d- dear lord. Yeah, it's fucked and up, dude. G- give it to me, Graffitia, graffitia is what Billy Joe uh, is calling South Chicago. Oh, oh my god! Because the problem oh. is graffiti. Uh. <laughs> This fucking song sucks. It maybe sucks the worst because they're <laughs> the ones where they like try to like shoehorn a message, like a very special episode into a fucking song are by far the worst. And uh, yeah, this one is is pretty shameless at doing that. On the rooftop, the 19 bus. I fought the law and the law won. This yeah. is the big clash. The big clash grab. Clash grab. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been ripping off the clash for their entire careers, but it's just it's just funny that they still can't help themselves even, like, when they're making hockey music. Of, of they, they can't even... <laughs> when they're putting as little effort in as possible, they still are just defaulting to, oh, we'll just do a clash song again. Kids bop, kids bop clash. And they had, again, those like the, the keyboard, like that, 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 just so grating. It's kids bop clash, you know? It's fucking, yeah, I, I. Wait, 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 all right, well, so what are the lyrics? We are the last known what? Okay, I'm going to read some of the lyrics to you guys, and I, they're just, yeah. Poetry, poetry. Poetry. <laughs> Beauti- be- beautiful pottery. Amanda Gorman, step aside. All right. <laughs> um, another one down at the mining town. Breaking it down for the lame wager. The lame wager. <laughs> Calling the shots from the capital. 
all that we got was the banks of hope. (laughs) Are we the last forgotten? Are we the long lost love? And then the lyrics that I wanted to highlight that we just listened to. Another black kid was shot in town. A man with the badge and a daytime show. Darkness falls on graffiti. Death of a town in the afterglow. Oh, graffiti is like a fictional, a fictional like disinvested yes. town. Um, uh-huh. You guys, I think it's really fucked up that uh, the banks of hope got bailed out. <laughs> and we got sold out. <laughs> well, thanks, Obama. Another one down at the mining town. I thought we we're, wait, so now we're in Appalachia. Graffiti is also, I thought yeah, we were this, in. This, this, this goes out to his, uh, his coal mining family. This goes. I- <laughs> he's, he's he's seeking for that. He's seeking that approval. I Dude, got the he is Zoolander. Pop. He is Zoolander. <laughs> oh now we have God. come full circle. We really have. We really have. Oh my God. God, Graffiti, graffiti uh, oh my god. I, I want them to do a concept album from <laughs> in Graffiti. Like Graffiti is the album. It's all songs of like characters in Graffiti, like Rent oh, almost. Man. It's like Rent but Graffiti. Oh. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, dude. Don't people... give them any ideas, buddy. We'll, we'll hear a song from the cop's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> You got a both sides graffiti. Oh my I god. I'm the policeman. <laughs> I am the law and the law's fun. <laughs> I can't I can't I can't cope with it. I'm having a fucking breakdown here. This is a 21st century breakdown. Um, it's such a tired, insane, like, stereotype of somebody who's never fucking been in, like, any sort of neighborhood that's not, like, extremely fucking wealthy. Like, it's just crazy. Like, because I know you live in a, you know, Beverly Hills mansion at this point, you know, my dude. But, like, it's are not. They from, like, are they from Orange? They're from Orange County, right? Or, like. I don't they're know. They're from uh, Berkeley. Berkeley. The Bay Area. Oh, they're from the Bay Area. Okay. Yeah, so whatever. They live, they're extremely wealthy now, and they live extremely really insular Oak, I lives. think actually originally Oakland, then they moved to Berkeley. Okay. Those, well, mining, those mining towns of Berkeley, those- <laughs> California. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, dude. They're the kind of people who are like, you know, who believe that like, you know, Antifa burned down every major U.S. city. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah, the rotten husk of fucking graffiti <laughs> like oh my I god I mean they're not actually though right I mean I don't, I don't yeah say they that. are dude come on they are the whole, what they're, they're just like using these extremely tired stereotypes of like the bad part of town like just or just an extremely it's it's you but know they know he, better because they are from Oakland like they've ex- they uh, Oakland in the nineties. That was a long time ago. Yeah, but, they, but I think you're right, Heather. Like they are so far removed. There's such a disconnect now. This that, is like, peak white liberalism of like knowing what's best for these you know broken towns, these broken down areas that just need a you know a a, a young ingenue like fucking Billy Joe Armstrong to fucking teach in the inner city school and you know show those kids that poetry can be cool. And this is this is the plot of the musical that they're gonna do. That it's it's happening um like i just it's like the fucking you know it's a hot take about fucking police brutality that sounds as tossed off as when everyone put a fucking black square as their profile picture on instagram like 
it's that level of of commitment <laughs> and realism you know what i mean it's fucking ugh ugh it's so bad it's so bad i yeah i can't even i i have nothing else to say about it i i do you either of you have anything you want to add or should we uh, rate the album. I have nothing more to say about this song. <laughs> the, the, the guitar is so compressed on the song; it's just been reduced to like the fuzz that plays on a on a TV when you go to the wrong channel. <laughs> well, they keep doing it. It's like the lo-fi hip hop beats to study to. They keep putting in those weird. It's like they have a drum machine with like lo-fi garage sounds, and they just hit one every once in a while. It's like. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's like putting a, a like a VHS Instagram filter or like you know one of those like f- uh, filters on like Final Cut when you can make a video look like it was filmed on a camcorder or whatever, and that's like cool on Instagram and TikTok is like make it seem like it's from the '90s. That's what they're doing musically on this whole album, and it's so fucking phoned in and phony and cheesy and bad. Except again, it's make it sound like it's from 2009. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think if the if but again if like the execution was different if the production wasn't so compressed and and like it again the drums are just so confounding I don't think I, I don't think it would be this bad I think it just it just the it sounds awful no, because of the production I'm not gonna pull a Kira and just put this all on the producer I gotta say this is a this is a group effort of suckage and it really is bad so why don't we go ahead and and rate the album on a scale of uh, zero to negative five, and you were hot out the gate, Ben. You said you had a quantifier ready to go. I do. I do have a quantifier. Um, this album, I think you said earlier, Heather, like you were kind of putting this in the context of you know they had like their their three. You know, this is the band that gave us Dookie. They gave us Nimrod, Kerplunk, like like amazing, amazing seminal pop punk albums, and the. I can't overlook the fact that this that same band also gave us this. So I think in that context, like, you know, the, also the fact that this was made for the NHL, it's just so disingenuous. Um, overall, just a, it's, it's a horrible, horribly produced, horribly derivative album. Um, these clap tracks, the woo woo woos, it just it all of it. I think it all. Um, but that being said, it's. It's not as bad. I got to honor the scale of like, you know, the other albums that have been done on this show. So I don't think I can go any lower than like negative 2.5. Checkerboard wristbands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I like the quantifier. I appreciate that, even though they're not a ska band. But, you know. But the check, but you're forgetting the checkerboard wristbands is not is not it transcended ska like that that was I think that I don't yeah, know I like I don't know if Mike punk. Dunn would have rocked a checkerboard wristband. All right, I wouldn't have, say, but I, say, I knew. I think che- checkerboard checkerboard is easier to say than like red, blue, red. Yeah, that one. Wristbands. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I must remember. I'm remembering we that now. You could do the the leather wristband with pyramid spikes. I can. I <laughs> exact. That's good. The hot topic fucking belt. That's like slung not through a belt loop anywhere. Yeah, um, but th- this band is not even hot topic anymore. This hot no. topic is they they wish they're they're full on TJ Maxx. I can literally smell those wristbands again. <laughs> you just brought <laughs> well, me yeah, back. Well, yeah, you, you go to enough shows with wearing one, Ugh, it starts smelling really God. bad. I had them. I had yeah. Oh, I did. Anyway, um, checkerboard wristbands fine though. 
it's it's not as like some of the stuff that's that you guys have reviewed is just like so offensive and and so awful. I don't think it. I don't think it it uh, reaches that level of awful. All right. For so, me, well, for me, I think it 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 sort of does. I think it's in the ballpark uh, with yeah. some of the worst that we've done. I mean, I think if I'm gonna give it points for anything, you know, there's that one track that sort of sounds like a filler track from Nimrod. There's that one track that maybe you could throw on Warning, but that leaves eight tracks of like uh, garage rock revival revival, full of millennial whoops and like the worst production of their entire career. Uh, it's bad. Uh, it says nothing. Uh, and you know, it, it's, it's, and again, it's literally like tailor made for hockey games and you got to dock it points yeah. for that. Even if it's, you know, even if it's short, even if it's not that bad, uh, you know, com- it, it, you know, in terms of sheer, like annoyingness compared to some of the other stuff we've done, like the fact that it's like made as a commercial product to be played, uh, you know, hockey games in a league, you know, that really has a lot of, uh, problems with uh with racism and 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 fucking like locker room bullying and shit. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I can't in good conscience give this something uh, as good a score as a, a negative two point five. I will not. You know, it is really nice that it's twenty six minutes long. That's very yes. very kind of them to do that. So I will give them a, t- a little bit of leeway here, but I'm still gonna give it a negative four. Uh, checkerboard wristbands. Wow. Absolutely. Literally fucking took the words right out of my mouth. Absolutely. 100%. Negative four. Um, and I think it is, again, I'll always argue this, like it is fair um, to judge a band more harshly when you know what they're capable of. And when, especially when that band is so personal to you as an individual and during like the most critical period of like your development is in your adolescence, at least that you're conscious of as an adult, you know, this, this, you know, crucial time, uh, it meant so much to me. Um, and for it to have fallen, you know, for a band to have fallen so far, um, it really offends me like on a deeper level and makes it even more, um, awful and the only credit I'll give it is is similarly the brevity and you know a song and a half that I was like yeah I could listen to that maybe one more time um, so yeah negative four for me what are some other albums that have gotten negative four you want to pull the spreadsheet up I was going to say probably Ratitude is in the similar ballpark, right? Uh, let's see. Heather gave Methods of Mayhem a negative four. I gave Miley Cyrus and her dead pets a negative four. Heather and I both gave Hinder Extreme Behavior a negative four. Yeah, this is Hinder wow. level. Creed, this is Hinder level. Human Clay. Yeah. Uh, yep. Really? Yeah. It is as bad as Creed Human yes, Clay. Because I never cared about Creed. I never hold Creed in high esteem. So they didn't have anywhere to fall for me, you know? Like, this is serious. This is serious. Yeah, it's an I, affront. I guess I, I, I've not taken Green Day seriously for a very long time. I, I, yeah, I guess that's the difference here. I think I think of Green Day as being this. Like, and that that's a sad thing is that I, you know, after, you know, loving Dookie, like, this is what I think of as Green Day. Yeah. Like, I, I can expect this of them, and I... I kind of thought this is what it would be. I think it's different because I think that what Green Day has been doing for a long time is making really like maudlin and melodramatic music that still sort of sounds like, uh, you know, it's like a it's like a, a, a way too self-serious uh, version of Green Day. This sounds like a completely different band. Yeah. 
it's really offensive. It's an affront on many levels. And uh, luckily, I did have a, an absolute blast discussing it with you, uh, Ben. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me back. I uh, I love it. I love being on Make It Stop. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and you can uh, find Ben by following his dog on Instagram at Della the Dog Daily. Uh, it's very sweet. His dog is great. Uh, thank you again for uh, for being here, and thank you, Stoppies, for listening to our little old show. Uh, we are at makeitstoppodcast.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at makeitstopcast. Uh, Send us your uh, drawings, your mock-ups for the set of the uh, Graffitia musical. <laughs> yes. I'm serious. That, uh, please, that's gold. Please don't. Don't bring it any closer to reality because, like I said, yeah. I mean, not that great. They've already done one musical. I know. I know. Ugh. And that was pretty cringy, too. But, um, yeah. So send that to us and support us, and we appreciate you, and we should uh, – hopefully soon have more information about a Patreon. So stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. The Make It Stop podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Heather McCormick. It is affiliated with the Boston Free Radio podcast network at bostonfreeradio.com and with Somerville Media Center based out of Somerville, Massachusetts. The music used for our intro was produced by Patrick Ahern. Thanks for listening. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.